Is that enough? Or do you need more? No, I think it's good. Okay, cool. I think it's good. I think I'm going to turn mine, my thing down just a smidge. Okay. My... You can still use your mic riser if you need it, should you need it. It's up I... to you. Okay. No, I don't know why. I think it's the new chair, actually. The um, new chair is doing it for you? Well, the new chair has adjustable height. It does have adjustable so height. So I can go up and down as you necessary. Do. And it's not It's <laughs> It's not as hard. See, I broke into the red there. Sorry. See what you did? Take it down. I'm mixing. See what you did? I'm mixing. Mixing. Richard. Eric DJ Daniel. My rap name is Dr. H because my initials D-R-H. Noise. As, uh... Um, welcome everyone to Excitement Incorporated. I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and the ludicrous fucking price Nintendo tries to get out of you for Nintendo 64 games. You guys can go to patreon.com slash excitementinc. If you want to support the show, if you want to help us out, we have a shitty webcam. We'd like to upgrade that. Um, we talk about movies, TVs, and games on this show, but we would like to separate those into two shows. And if you go help us pay for hosting, then I can afford to give Excitement Inc. its own video game block. And we can use that 8-bit chip tune that uh, Gage DeSoto, Neat. the composer of the show, made for our show. Neat. Yes. Uh, Thank you, Slacker Gage. Although you're not a slacker. Rich. I'm more of a slacker than you are. It was, yeah. The, I was gonna say I've put Gage through so much work uh, on these, on these, uh, um, on these jingles. Um, right, it's unfair to for me to call him a, It's uh, completely uncalled for. Yeah. Um, but you know what? But yet I did it. If he wasn't a slacker, this wouldn't be a problem. Rich. Yes. Sir. What did you? Uh, what did you? What did you watch <laughs> this week? Uh, I watched so much. I watched so much. And because we didn't talk about it on the last show, I need to talk about it now. I watched Willy's Wonderland. Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> that's not one where they that's one where they um it's a Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Yes. But Nicolas not really. Cage as a as a John Wick style action hero that is then put into a Five Nights at Freddy's situation. Oh, he's a John Wick in this? Kind of. He's okay. he's unnecessarily badass. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Well, Completely necessarily badass. This movie <laughs> is horrible, but so great hmm. because it's so horrible. Well, I think that's the funny thing about some of these Nick Cage movies or just like any any movie starring an old star. Like I feel like 75% of them are safely shitty, but then there's a few that kind of break through. Like I heard this is, there's one called Maggie that um, has Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, and people say that movie's, like, fucking amazing, but and that Arnold Schwarzenegger's actually not bad in it. And I'm like, oh, okay. But, uh, you know, then you hear, you know, some of them are also so bad they're good. And then some others, like there's one that came out called Pig recently with Nick Cage that got nothing but good critical reception. I, I have a feeling, well, okay, no, I have an opinion. Yeah. Nick Cage has built this career mm-hmm. now where mm-hmm. he has done so many different movies in so many different styles and done so many different things that at this point you can expect Nicolas Cage whenever you see Nicolas Cage in the movie. Yeah. And whether you go into it expecting the worst or the best, whatever, you're going to get whatever you expect because of Nicolas Cage's presence in this movie. Naturally. So, beautiful thing about this movie, he has zero lines. He does not speak at all. Hmm. It is all just him driving a badass car, wrecking bad said badass car, and in order to get it repaired, he is then locked into this 
Chuck E. Cheese style former restaurant known as Willie's Wonderland. And with the agreement that he spends the entire night cleaning the place. And then in the morning, he'll get his car fully repaired, good as new, back to him. And it's, oh, it's so epic. It's so epic the way it plays out. Okay, It's just craziness because he'll, he does it. He does the job, but the whole thing is that the town is like, to keep this, to keep the horrors contained, they basically offer up a sacrifice Okay, to the animatronics that are Willy's Wonderland. Yeah, because we, we will know this promise as soon as you know it's supposed to mimic Five Nights at Freddy's. Right, so it's, as Nick Cage is cleaning, these animatronics are coming up to him going, it's somebody's birthday, I'm going to suck out your soul. And then he proceeds to smash these fucking animatronics. Wow. <laughs> when he's... When he goes in, they're telling him, it's important you take breaks. So be sure and take your breaks. So he's got a wristwatch and he sets it every two hours. He stops. He drinks a can of something that he pulled out of his car. We don't know what it is. You can never (laughs) see what it says on it. All it is is the fist image on the car. So you get er, on the uh, can. Mm -hmm. So you get Mm -hmm. the impression that he's just basically every two hours opening a can of whoop ass, chugging it and playing pinball until his breaks over. Then he goes back to cleaning and smashing animatronics. I can get behind this. It's spectacular. I actually looked. It's on Hulu. It is on Hulu. I saw it on Hulu when I was going to watch what we do in the shadows and I was like, oh, there it is. No, I'll I'll give it a chance. Is it scary at all? Is it like does it actually actively are there decent jump scares of any kind? Not, not that affected me. Okay. It was more just, it was more the hilarity in the attempt. Yeah. Because you could tell this was a farce horror movie. Okay. okay. So it was. It's meant to be B grade, C grade. Right. It's yeah. not meant to scare you. It's meant to go, oh, holy shit, this is hilarious. Oh, I should okay. be. This is a situation that I should be scared for uh-huh. our characters, uh-huh. but there's no valid reason for me to be and that's that john wick style kind of yeah enjoyment where you go in and you know that the protagonist is about to just fucking demolish yeah at least as soon as he demolishes the first one that he's at least not going to get stopped and you're going to get to watch him just fucking you know right fuck these guys up yeah there's one point that i don't want to there's one point in the movie where the terminator walks into the building sees nick and just runs turns out the door and books it very 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 mild (laughs) spoiler here there is a girl mm-hmm. who is who was spared from a previous sacrifice and uh-huh. was taken in by the sheriff and kind of raised as her own. Yeah. But this girl never forgot the horrors that was Willie's Wonderland that took her parents. Oh. So when she finds out this guy is in there, she's trying to get in to get him out okay. to save him from this. Sure. And when she gets in there, she realizes the carnage that has taken place in here Mm -hmm. is not at the hands of the demonically possessed animatronics. The the carnage is at the hands of the guy cleaning the place. Mm. And so she's like, oh, shit. And she comes face to face with one of these animatronic horrors. Yeah. And he's right there by her side. He's got his knife out and everything. And he's... And then his watch beeps and he goes... Grabs her hand, puts the knife in it, and goes 
to take his break <laughs> and leaves her to fend for herself with this animatronic. It's oh, wow. great. Okay. It's truly great. Okay. I want to watch it again. He's I enjoy got one the job to do, and he does his job. He's like, I've got to, cl- I've got to clean this place to have a repaired car, pay my debt. Okay. It's great. Okay. That was a very mild spoiler. You'll okay. still enjoy the shit out of this movie. I'm sure. So. Well, I mean, we, we got to watch something since Five Nights at Freddy's movie <laughs> has been in development hell at Bloom House for so long that the director, Chris Columbus, uh, just dropped off of it. <laughs> they brought in Chris Columbus to direct Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh-huh. Well, we don't need it. We've got Willy's Wonderland. Essentially. I, I would mean, love a Willy's Wonderland too. Sure. Well, I mean, Five Nights at Freddy's is going to be, um, well, assumingly if it ever gets made, if it's just, you know, if it ever gets made at all, because the creator read the script and said, what is this horse shit? Um, this is not Five Nights at Freddy's. This is you guys making a movie that's For, not uh, my game. Um, but listen. Okay. I hope that one, I hope it does get made. And we, if Willy's Wonderland is its own kind of like gratuitous violence comedy, then like fuck yeah. But like this way, Five Nights at Freddy's can be actually like super scary horror still. That would make more sense yeah. to do something like so, that. At least there I mean, will still be a, a enough, niche for it. Is there enough plot in Five Nights at Freddy's to support a movie? There actually is because there is a deep amount of lore that if you listen, if you pay attention, if you read the documents, they're all placed in as Easter eggs kind of thing where you kind of have to pay attention if you want to. Otherwise, you're just playing a game and having a good time. But there is actually a decent amount of lore through these games that Scott Cawthon was just popping out as okay. quickly as possible. So so there's lore in the in the sense <clears throat> that Portal has lore. Yes, very much so. Okay. With the, the Rat Man. Okay. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Easter egg shit that you have to really be paying attention to find and look for and everything. Yeah, and there's actually um, mini games. And I don't know if there's mini games in the first one, but at least in some of the other games, there's little mini games you play that like will kind of poetically or roundaboutedly give you an idea of what the story is or is supposed to be. Okay. I might actually play Five Nights at Freddy's then. Okay. Probably not. <laughs> I was going to say. Probably not. Here's the deal. I play some like scary ass games and one game I cannot force myself to play is Five Nights at Freddy's. Okay. Because shit, I think it's on my laptop. We could we could totally give it a shot in between so you can see, but it's not. <laughs> it's stressful. It's, that, right. That's the, the largest thing. It's not just scary. It's stressful. Yes. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's why I have issues with it. All right. I might give it a shot. No, yeah. I'm not. I won't. Let's face it. <laughs> I turned off the first Resident Evil within five minutes because of the scare from that zombie. So, I believe yeah. it. So there's the no way I'm going to touch. Yeah. Yeah, that, okay, yeah, that's, we should talk about that trailer when you're done. Right. So uh, I finished The Dragon Prince, which is on Netflix. Oh, was that like, is that over over now? I don't know if it's over over. Uh, but I know there's three seasons on Netflix, and I watched all three of them. Okay. Did it end it? Did it cap itself off? Did it tie it itself in a bow? Did somewhat? It, it did. Like there's okay. a satisfying end. Okay. If they were not to continue. Well, it's from the creators of Avatar, and they don't feel the need to drag on, you know, twenty seasons of a show. Well, the thing is, is that they. All right. So Avatar, 
there's the four nations, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's air, water, fire. Yes. Dragon Prince set up six different elemental magical elements. Okay. So I was expecting at least five books based on that because oh, with, see that well that yeah no that makes sense with Avatar there was three books because the Avatar himself mm-hmm. was an Airbender but then it was his journey through water earth and fire yes so the elements he had to learn to bend right yeah so I'm I'm expecting that when they when they introduce six elements of magic right and they name each season like book one is sky book two is sun book three is or book two is moon book three is sun okay so i'm expecting the other at least two more Mm -hmm. and they there's definitely an avenue to do that okay but if they get canceled here fine okay cool 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 it's a satisfying ending i when i first started watching it i did not realize that it was from the The creators the creators of avatar the last airbender until i saw like three credit sequences Mm -hmm. and realized the names were the fucking same yeah and I, my friends uh, suggested it to me, and I texted them, like, third episode in. I was like, so did everybody from Last Airbender just go over to this? And they were like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, I was like, okay. Because yeah. the voice of the main character, Callum, is the same guy that voices Sokka. Oh, really? Yeah. I would known that. Okay. I watched, like, the first, like, two or three episodes of it. It wasn't shabby. Yeah. I just never kept with it. Right. And it doesn't suck you in. You have to stick with it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not an immediate like, ooh. I mean, there is story there and it's fascinating and everything. But once you get past, I'd say, the fourth or fifth episode, then it's really rolling full steam. And it's like, oh, shit, this is. Uh, I didn't make it that far. So right. that probably is why I didn't finish it. Right. Makes sense. Yep. I enjoyed the shit out of it. I will probably loop it and watch it again. Is it better to get caught in five episodes than two seasons? Yep. Star Wars Rebels. All right. I haven't watched Star Wars Rebels. I'm just kidding. Star Wars Rebels is still fine. It's but yeah. it's more of a background TV show sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> in the first two seasons at least, and then, and then you kick into the third and fourth, and you're like, hot damn, this is getting nasty. Yep. I digress. Go ahead. So we finished mm-hmm. Midnight Mass. You did. Yes. Yes, I still think you have a fetish for showing my wife Stop dead bringing dogs. it up. Stop bringing it <laughs> I up. Think you okay? do. Because I didn't mean to, okay? This is I take her to see Isle of Dogs. I think, I was think I supposed see... to know it was going to be dead pets the whole time? I think you watch something and you see a dead dog and you immediately get a little bit of a chub and go, Rich's wife would love to see this. That's not true. Yes, I can't That's wait for true. her to watch this. Now, in my defense, yeah, well, I mean, that being said, I, like, for a second there, when we were watching a lot of the same stuff, and I think this is more, like, pre-pandemic than anything, I would see something, if I was watching something before you, I would let you know if there was animal cruelty or animal death in it because of, you know, how much it bothers Christy. Right. How much it actually legitimately triggers her. So, like, I think that, um, like, I started doing that. But in my defense, and we, we I, I know you're joking when we talk mm-hmm. about this, how much did it not fucking matter that there were a ton of dead animals after you figured out what was actually going on on this island? How much did that go straight out the fucking window when you, as soon as you, you found know, out honestly, what was actually happening? I was so upset by the death of that dog that I just completely lost 
any empathy for any of those people. Is that minor spoilers? <laughs> minor spoilers, people from Midnight Mass, which still even um, Death of a Dog in a Horror property. <laughs> it's clearly, to be like it's gonna it's, it's <laughs> to be expected. But like that's kind of one of the nice things is that like, uh, and what I love about Mike Flanagan um, is that we're friends on Twitter now. Um, nice. I yelled at him for spoiling the death of the dog on Twitter. I was like, why are you putting this through a megaphone? Like day two after it came out, he retweeted someone going, I can't believe you did this in a horror property. And Mike was like, yeah, sorry. And I was like, I, and I, and I hit him up and I was like at Mike, and I was like, why are you, why are you blowing this? I would not have seen this if you did not go, Oh, well, you know, you're going to have to deal and literally quote tweet the spoiler death of the dog. And he went, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, naturally, um, I'm gonna be getting cheeseburgers and shakes with him later. All right. Um, you know, he's really good at doing, and the reason he's my favorite, really good at doing drama inside of a theme of horror, Haunting of Hill House. Didn't finish it. You didn't finish Haunting of Hill House. Nope. Oh, that's why you haven't seen the scariest jump scare of all time on television, and uh, Haunting of Bly Manor. Didn't finish it. Decently good. Not as good as Haunting of Hill House, though. And then Midnight Mass, which is... Which I did finish. You did actually finish that one. Yeah. Well, glad you can get something done around here. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that somebody enjoys these properties enough to finish them. Yes. It was a slog for us to finish Midnight Mask. Fair enough. We... I, I don't think that's to my taste or my wife's. Fair enough. I don't... I don't know why, but it's just maybe it's because of like the more dramatic thing. Well, because like you go in and it's it it's clearly marketed as more horror than anything, right? And it right. has jump scares in it, which were not bad. We're not shabby. There were some decent jump scares in there. And um, that being said, when there's so many like underlying themes that make it really more of a story, like a legitimate, like. <laughs> Oscar worthy drama almost yeah. like or Emmy worthy drama then you're kind of looking at it from this other lens of like are we here to enjoy this or are we here to enjoy this right right but and that's probably why it felt like a slog to you. I heard it was a lot of people were like damn this is a very monologue fucking series well see and that's the common thing that I found with both of the hauntings and this is that there's a there's a really good story there. You know there's a good story there. The character development is fine. All the elements are there, but they don't line up just enough for it to not be boring to mm-hmm. me. It mm-hmm. just seems like, oh, God, you know what? I'm really rooting for you here, but you can summon Mount What's Your Point any fucking time. <laughs> this is just boring. I'm ready for something, anything to happen. And then when something finally does happen, you're like, oh, finally. Oh, God, we're back to the slog until something else happens. Fair enough. And in defense of, like, the way you feel about it, like, th- this Midnight Mass was actually, there was a whole episode of just monologuing, what, like, what happens after death. And that I just, even I was just sitting here, like, I zoned out. I couldn't keep track yep. of the long-ass monologues, and which is, like, okay, but, like, it's also just, like, minorly, I almost want to say masturbatory. Where it's it's just kind of this thing where it's, if it's like if it's not serving the person consuming it, then it's serving the artist in the way that I think Zack Snyder's Justice League being in four thirds aspect ratio for IMAX when theaters are closed during the pandemic and and uh, being in black and white. I was kind of like, 
that's kind of masturbatory. I don't, you know, we have widescreen TVs for a reason now. I don't know why he's trying to fit this movie, the fucking Justice League, the very first Justice League film into a square, but in terms of defining the masturbatory process in my mind, but with the monologues and doing that. Um, there's an amazing actor, the guy um, who plays the drunk on, on Midnight Mass, mm-hmm. who had a monologue just like the ones we see in the one episode um, where I'm assuming you guys were probably falling asleep, if that's what you felt, that he um, he was the groundskeeper in Haunting of Hill House. Okay. And he had a very long monologue that slowly zooms in on his face while he talks, but it only happens once in that whole show. And it was a very impactful moment. It's one of the things I remember the most, and it's he just knocks it out of the park with his performance in that monologue. That being said, watching two of those back-to-back was is not a way I'd want to spend my time watching a horror. I can say that, you know, happily enough. Yeah. Or certainly enough. Well, I the and the horror, I think the horror serves the drama so well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that it's difficult to watch it from a horror perspective and be entertained by it. Okay, I don't, I don't know. I, it's tough to explain. And it's kind of, it's kind of a a uh, slow to boil. It's turning on something to boil at a low heat, right? Yeah. Um, where it takes longer for it to get to its point right um and that's probably why the penultimate episode and uh well you know when they had an interior designer in the church <laughs> uh, minor spoilers but this is it clearly this is gonna happen okay um, you know what here we're gonna mark this at this time and you're gonna pop in spoiling the shit out of midnight mass jump to this point if you have not watched midnight mass well Can i we mean do that? maybe i don't know that i want to it's just too new and then it would be hypocritical of me to even like you know like get well, into no. it but here's, we could have like a spoiler cast of any kind here's the thing it's very very new but we're also still in a pandemic and people still binge the shit out of the things they watch. You're not wrong. So there's a decent amount of people, probably our audience, who have already looped through Midnight Mass. You're not wrong. And would probably itch to hear us talk about it at the same okay. time. Well, then let's go spoilers and I'll cut it to the end starting now. Okay. So uh, okay. anyway, so yeah, when shit goes wrong at the church, oh, is, yeah. if you're at the end of the, was well, well, no, it's it, I don't like the format of it. <laughs> I just don't like the format of it when like jumping around. If we want to do a midnight mass spoiler cast, let's just do it. But like, okay, I don't want to force someone to sit to the end if they're here for the videos. You know what I mean? Well, no, I'm saying they can jump ahead in the if they haven't watched midnight mass, they can jump ahead to minute mark whatever where we end the spoiling. What if they're working and can't pull out their phone? <clears throat> and they don't want to get midnight Fair spoiled. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't want to do that to people. Fair enough. Let them listen to it un- unadulterated. Go watch Midnight Mass. Or don't. Save yourself seven fucking hours of boredom. <laughs> it's still, ultimately, still it's a very good show, but... It's, oh my god! But it's it's, just... ve- it's still here's the deal. Like it's very much. I think that this has been very much like his Mike Flanagan's version of Get Out, where you don't know what's happening until they spell it out for you. 
I knew what was happening. It just wasn't pulling me in. Like I understood from from the minute I saw reflective eyes. Yes. And an island of dead cats. Yes. I figured out what was in the box. And I was just like, okay, where is this going? Oh. And it did not steer anywhere that oh. I was not expecting. It was just fucking boring to me. Oh. Maybe that's maybe it's the way my brain's wired. I can put the things together faster. I don't know. Yeah. Even at the very end, I was like, okay. Now, that was a, a shock. That was the only thing that really surprised me. Now there are things that confuse me that I would love to discuss, but we're not gonna. Okay, fair enough. We we can we can still have a small spoiler cast for this <laughs> because we need to talk about it. We do need to talk about it, but you don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to talk about it because other show. people might not have seen it. No, it's true. Fuckers, go see it. Yeah, or don't. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> Did you get a chance to watch anything else uh, in the last week? Six episodes of What We Do in the Shadows. Ooh, you're getting there. You're getting there. I'm at, six I'm at episode seven. I haven't caught up to that to last week or this week yet. I think we've talked about it with how Rick and Morty has essentially become flawless episode to episode. Like, there's no way, because I feel like the first two seasons were still hit and miss sometimes, but... Okay. Three and four and five so far to me have been like episode to episode fucking amazing. That being said, I felt that way for the first two seasons of um, What We Do in the Shadows. Honestly, still feel that way about the third season, too, where not every episode is like peak flawless in terms of like laughter. You know what I mean? How much it makes you laugh, how much you enjoy out of it. But... um what do you think so far? I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Um, I think they toned down Laszlo a little bit and toned up Guillermo quite a bit. And that's kind of the best part is that this is Guillermo's season. Yeah. This is 100% Guillermo's season. Absolutely. And to see that, you know, like initially, like you think, oh man, Guillermo might be in some serious trouble. But, and just the fact that throughout the movie in the in the first two seasons, we see that Guillermo is just like these vampires, fucking bitch. Yes. He just eats shit all the times for the, for these vampires who are his only friends, and they treat him like the literal dirt under their feet that they spit on. <laughs> and then season three <laughs> comes around, and he's fucking Littlefinger. <laughs> Littlefinger, the shit out of that place. <laughs> <laughs> And he's he's handing out orders to the point that Lazo's like, the fuck do you just say to me? <laughs> and Guillermo says, Did I stutter? Right. <laughs> Get to work. And that's what makes kind of like their 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 character reactions and the dichotomies really good this season. Absolutely. Yeah. I cannot believe that I forgot about Colin Robinson from season to season. Yeah. When it came into when I started season three, I was like Okay, because I remembered how season two ended with Guillermo slaughtering the Vampire Council. Yes, yes. Most of the vampires in Staten Island. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I come back to it and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot about Colin Robinson. Yes. 
But that's kind of the beauty of an energy vampire is you just kind of forget about him. Yes. Until he draws from you. He had a very he is, uh, he has a very good um, arc in seven and eight. Episode seven and eight are pretty nice. I think they're actually the most I've enjoyed Colin Robinson's for the last two episodes. See, I always enjoy Colin Robinson, which is why it's so shocking that I completely forgot about him. Right. But that's also kind of the beauty of a Colin Robinson. That is the so beauty of the Colin I enjoy, Robinson. I'm enjoying the shit out of it. Yes. And uh, that's the majority of what I watched. Is that the majority of what you watched? I mean, aside from looping Avatar The Last Airbender over and over, because now it's gotten to a point where it's comfort food for me. Gotcha. Well, I suggested Midnight Mass to you guys, not knowing that you were not in love with the Mike Flanagan style of uh, visual media. So that, my bad. I, I watched it. I, I enjoyed it, and I might watch it again for, you know, the the little Easter eggs such as, um, I can't say it because everything about it. That's kind of the hardest part about talking about Mid- Midnight Masses because ultimately there is a lot to it. And unless you have the right mindset going into it, like I did for uh, instance, Malignant. Like, I was able to figure out what was going on in Malignant pretty quick-like, or at least the general idea of it. Maybe not the specific nature of why the twist thing was its thing, but at least that it clearly was happening there. But um, in in Midnight Mass, while it might not be spelled out for some people, Midnight Mass is not advertised for the content type of horror it actually is. Right. Which is creature horror. You You don't see these... No. You know what I mean? That's right. why it's kind of, you know, hidden. But that being said, uh, Watchmen Night Mass. And then I watched Squid Game. I completely forgot about Squid Game. Did you? Yes. Did you watch all of it? I watched I all saying, of you Squid forget, Game. How, did you, how the <laughs> fuck did you forget about Squid Game? The te- the sheer tedium that has been Night Mass drove it from my brain. Jesus. <laughs> wow. That's negative, Rich. That's negative. All you wanted to do is talk about how much you hated Midnight Ass, and then you come over now, here. in fairness, I did not hate Midnight Mass. Okay, fair I didn't hate yes. it. I really, really want to talk about mm-hmm. it because mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I – there's points that I may have just missed, and I know you loved the shit out of it. Yes. Which might, uh, might help my appreciation of it. Okay. That makes sense. So – that's also the most recent thing I watched that we watched in common, so that's why I'm itching to talk about it. But okay. I did. We did watch the entirety of Squid Game. And actually, I really don't want to get off of Midnight Mass without making a good point. Okay. <laughs> we just keep coming back to We're like pulling and yanking. You know what? You know what? If you haven't watched Midnight Mass, stop the show now. Go watch it. Come back. No, I still don't have spoilers for it. It is a very good analysis of the way religion will tear up a community. And that is absolutely true. Blindly following religion is very bad and there's plenty of like anecdotes inside of it for how religion is not what it used to be how um those who thoughtfully follow versus those who um blindly follow will far more likely be two very different kinds of people um guided by the light versus blinded by the light exactly um and i i wanted to make that because i feel like that's an intelligent thing to point out about midnight mass without you know complaining about the fact that one we can't really talk about it without going into spoilers and um two that like it is 
in its own way a drama before it is a horror it's almost like a horror with tinges of drama or it is drama within a horror you know right yes we know what it is but is there more to it yes and it is that the ultimate message the ultimate message is what religion can do to a community unchecked oh yeah unchecked well and, and it also does a very 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 good representation of how you can use religion to do whatever you want and you will be able to find points in the religion that support whatever you want to do mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. you'll be able to find whatever it is even if it contradicts shit you did a week ago yes very much so how literally one of the like the worst thing that could happen to you or you know like if you frankly wanted to interpret uh you know a piece of shit falling out of the sky and hitting you in the face you could say it was god and thank you yep but that's yeah. not, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. just a very specific example. That is in no way um, a n- specifically negative way to put it. Just yeah. a specific. See, example. I'm already coming around. I did not hate it. I did not hate it. I will. I would be more than willing to watch it again with the right mindset. It was just boring as fuck yeah. watching it the first time. and and fast forwarding through the through the um like actual fifteen minutes of watching one character monologue and talk. Yeah. It's absolutely worth watching for Rahu Kohli alone. That his, too, and his, his performance. Mono- okay, so his great. monologue was good in episode Ooh, six. Jeez, when like when yeah when she's asked him to investigate and he's like, "Are you out of your fucking mind?" Yeah, and the way oh god man. So yeah. n- yep. no, Midnight yeah. Mass is good. All right, but so stay is, tuned for our midnight mass catch up. Yes. Um. So that being said, Squid Game also Squid Game also very good. Um, Squid Game was way, was beautiful. I thought so too. I really thought so too. Squid Game um has driven up the stock of Korean media fifty percent, and is officially the most watched show on Netflix of all time. Makes sense. Yes. Makes absolute makes sense. sense. The marketing really helped, you know, when I was like, Sarah, you want to watch this show? And she's like, yeah, what is it? I was like, it's Squid Game. And she sees the, the, the um, opening picture of it, like the banner of it, which is the people in the green jumpsuits and the people in the pink jumpsuits and the stairs that look like, what is that painting called? With all the stairs going up oh, and down. Oh, the MC Escher? The, yes, the MC Escher. Um, painting. Um, I've, with the stairs I've always that go heard it called crazy stairs but crazy stairs, I know sure. it's that that's not the name of the painting but but, but you, you know say crazy stairs everyone no, knows immediately right um and she sees that and she's like oh cool and she's like what is it I'm like it's I don't it's something about like it's a game show where they're like dying and stuff she's like oh, okay she didn't believe me because she thought it looked like splatoon she was like, okay, cool. And she was like, well, okay, I guess we can watch Squid Game. She thinks we are literally going into watch a kid's representation, somehow adult media version of Splatoon. That's kind of adorable and spectacular. And we fell asleep watching it before the very first game in Squid Games. And um, we watched uh, the first half of it passed out. I woke up at the end of episode three. Um, to the sound of screams <laughs> and gunfire, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And the next morning, we wake up. I was like, "Shit got so real in that show, baby. We gotta watch." And she's like, "She's like, what? What? What happened?" And I was like, "I don't know. People were like doing something with a cookie in a tray, and if they fucked up, they got shot in the face." And she was like, "What?" 
And I was like, yeah, they were they were dying if they lost the game. And she's like, but it's a like a reality TV show. And I was like, that's what I thought. But I didn't I wasn't awake long enough for the first episode to figure out it was for specific viewers and not (laughs) not like it's not televised or anything. And so um, and she was she literally just didn't believe me because of the imagery she saw in the marketing. She did not believe that it was the the show that it was. (laughs) So now. I watched it with my wife because mm-hmm. we just didn't know. You know, it's typically like number one on Netflix. Yeah, we'll give it a watch. We'll yeah. give it a pass. Yeah. We'll see how it does. We'll at least watch the first episode, see what's up, you mm-hmm. know. In the first episode, there's a scene that I that lets you know pretty much right there, this is what you're in for. Yeah. And that's where guy goes, I will pay you ten thousand dollars basically one one yeah aka a thousand dollars yeah yeah the korean currency i will pay you ten thousand won to slap you in the face and if you lose this if, game. if you lose this game and then if you win or if you we play this game if you win i pay you ten thousand if i win you pay me ten thousand and he's like i don't have ten thousand to pay you. he goes then i could slap you in the face and eventually it gets to the point where the guy finally takes slap after slap after slap after slap. And then when he finally wins, he goes, all right, now I get to slap you. Completely forgetting he was getting paid. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Completely forgetting that he was going to get paid. I was like, oh, that's what we're in for. We're in for a battle royale. Yeah. We're in for a Hunger Games situation. Yeah. yeah. So at that point, I was like, okay, this is where we're going. This is where we're headed. This is what's going to happen. I'm on board. Mm-hmm. Now, it did have its twists and turns. Boy, did it. Yeah. Did it end how you expected? Yes, because of my writer mind. Okay. I um immediately, so if I see something... And, you know, I aspire to be, like, a, a, a screenwriter and, well, at least a fucking recognized one. Like, maybe, like, dust off the fucking scripts I have written and maybe get, like, someone to adapt them. I don't know. I need to throw them into, like, screenplay competitions and stuff and just hope to God they aren't cash grabs. Um, but when I see things happen, like, basically what could be considered the biggest spoiler of the whole show at the end, I saw because of one shot that indicated that that character was in a different place because he was the only only character of his kind so despite the fact that he was veiled in when he was taking off his mask i saw his hand and i went this person's going to be completely irrelevant unless he's that person from before Uh. and so when i see something like that my writer mind goes if they really want to tie this together neatly in any kind of bow or surprise their characters this person has to be the twist person that it wouldn't be Vague things. Sorry, people. We don't want to spoil brand new, awesome fucking shows for you, you know. But listen to our next episode, which will be what episode is this? Fifty one, fifty one B, where we spoil the shit out of both of these shows. <laughs> it's because true. we're going to keep well, talking about this. Maybe crap. we should recognize shows that, like, if we're talking about the newer ones and we don't want to spoil them, but we still want to talk about like what we have watched and what we can get into. Then, I mean, you know, this is something we can do for you, listeners, is kind of recognize that we need to, you know, Midnight Mass things to be garnered watching it yourself squid game definitely things to be garnered watching it on your own and we you know 
we'll kind of stop before the episode and we'll go, well, we're going to want to talk about this. Okay, we're going to want to talk about this, but we can't spoil it. Well, then maybe we just won't waste time on the main show talking in literally like the vaguest way possible about these shows other than maybe just saying midnight mass should you watch it we're both in agreement that you should watch it and it's got um uh, themes of horror and religion combined and then squid game which has themes of cultural disparity caused by capitalism and basically in the way that uh hunger games also does that yes but uh, Squid Game far better than Hunger Games. Oh, way better, way better, way far better. more relevant. It's 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 got like way more of a message. It's way more poetic. The I think. cinematography, yes. The art direction, yes. The style, the overall style of every bit of it mm-hmm. was just dazzling. Mm-hmm. I don't think my wife would have been as on board with watching it. Yes. As she was, if not for all of those things. There is a point in this show where they are in a giant playground. Yes. That's all I'm going to say about that. But it is beautiful the way that that is done. It actually is. Now, I think that might be the one you're talking about that you woke up for. Yes, it is. So that that point in the series, and I mean, that's episode three. Yes. That's just mind blowing. It is how beautiful that it all is, and it just goes on from there. Mm-hmm. Every step of it is just like, oh my god! This it. You find out where they are. Beautiful shots, beautiful scenery, beautiful everything. It's just as an art piece, dazzling. Yes, yes. And as a show, way better than Hunger Games, and a concept way better than Hunger Games. Yes. And ultimately a message. Honestly, I found myself um, enraptured by it in the way that I found it oddly relatable. Yeah. So, y'all watch Squid Game. Y'all working folks like us. (laughs) Yep. Uh, You know what else I watched? What else did you watch? Yesterday. Started at 10 a.m., had to get some things done. Finished at 2 a.m. this morning. You, season three. Ah. We tried to stop and we couldn't because, by golly, does this season go places. We're on the third episode, okay. third or fourth episode. I'm nice. not sure. Nice. Um, it's when you don't think it could get nuttier, it does. So you're about done with the first arc of that um season but there are still ramifications that basically carry through to the end of the season of course but um for those of you who have not watched you and i don't remember if i talked about the fact that i started watching you last um excitement inc we talked about movies and tv Mm -hmm. the at least as far as like the tv aspect is concerned um i did watch i caught up on all of um the first two seasons of you and then we started this next season and um started it in the morning ended up like going completely through in the way that it is highly interesting to watch these two terrible people tear each other apart (laughs) just just tear each other apart hate each other privately do these things that are terrible to each other and then try to fit into their norms as a husband and wife because they share a child yes so that being said 
it's very soap opera y. I feel like anyone who wants to get into you because they're you know, you might have missed the first two seasons. And um if I did talk about it before, here's what I know I said, which is like it's a fresh air, a fresh breath of Dexter air. Yes. Essentially, where you get to watch the anti heroes do shitty things and but they try to do good things at the same time as being bad people. And every time you think they're being, you know, every time they do something redeeming, they turn around and do something twice as bad as before. And you're like, would you please stop? And then they turn around, try to do something good that's better than before. They'll save someone's life and then they turn around and kill someone else because they're, you know, in the way of their so their personal desires. So, you know, watching narcissists be narcissists, do terrible things and blame other people. It is a soap opera. Oh, yeah. A very well written and highly engaging soap opera, yeah. and I will be honest with you, like it's the the coolest thing about the first three seasons in this whole art, this whole love arc, is that this is a person who needs to be private. He needs to be secret. It is about a guy named you. Uh, it's a guy named you, <laughs> a stalker named you. Just kidding. He just keeps saying you because he's obsessed with you. He's hey, a stalker. You. His name is Joe. And he's obsessed with stalking girls. And what he needs while he stalks girls is privacy to stalk his girls. But he falls out of love with the girl he's stalking, and he's ready to kill her until she says, I'm pregnant. And he says, well, fuck, I need to change for my son. This does guess how that goes, <laughs> um, which granted he makes some strides. But the only issue is, is that the woman he's married to is also highly highly spontaneous <laughs> in the decisions that she makes. And so while he is a person who needs to control his situations, she will spontaneously do something that's not good for either of them. And he knows it becomes a jeopardy to him and his son. So it's pretty nasty watching it all, you know, like mm-hmm. unfold, but at this and then watching them try to steer the ship straight and then, you know, um, basically make the mistakes that they make. And watch him try to clean up the mistakes to the point that you're just nervously wondering what one of these many, many things going wrong is going to sink them. Yeah. And get them arrested or murdered. <laughs> and it happens every episode. That's the part that I'm impressed about is because it does keep you on the edge of your seat wondering if this is finally the thing that's going to get them caught for being murderers. Right. And assholes. Yes. Every single episode. And, and the the... The killer thing that makes it so good and so well written and everything is that oftentimes in the episode, they're not the biggest asshole. (laughs) They'll kill people. Yes. They'll kill people willy nilly. But oftentimes they are not the biggest asshole in that episode. They're not. They're not. I'm currently enjoying a sequence in the show where a... They're giving an anti-vaxxer pretty much every bit of what he's got coming to him. It's true. And these are not the people you fuck with. No. When they – this is – I think I would call this a minor spoiler because this does not really affect the overall story as much as it's one of the elements that we talk about. But um, their newborn son gets measles. Yes. He's exposed at a child's party by other children that are not vaccinated. Vaccinated. And he almost dies. It's very nasty for a second. He pulls through, and one of the other parents uh, feels guilty, comes through the bakery that uh, the wife love has opened, and says, 
I'm sorry. Yeah. But sorry it about was that. us. Our girls had it and got through it real easy. Yeah. So but I'm sure your kid will be fine too. We don't want to we don't want to subject them to to a vaccine um when they can gain the immunity themselves. Why would we put something foreign in them when they can gain the immunity themselves? Why because it's not every kid is going to have the same kind of immunity response to that. So they almost killed Henry. And I've already told you what these people are like. So he turns for the door and I told Sarah, he's not making it out the door. No. <laughs> no. And he doesn't. No. But does he die? And that's the question. And that's why it's not a spoiler because you get to watch that arc for yourself. Right. And I still don't know. Uh, he still doesn't know. Yeah. You know what else I watched? Ooh, what else you watched? I watched uh, Nintendo try to fuck over all their customers <laughs> with the expansion pack upgrade. Here we go. On Switch. We're converting to video games, everybody, here at the halfway point of the show. All right. All right. You're going to have and, to educate uh, me because oh, yeah. I am not educated yeah, at you, all oh. on what nintendo has tried to do so let me just buckle up yeah no buckle up um let's uh i'm gonna put a mile marker we're gonna watch this video and come back okay 4803 4803 there we go that's how it's done there you're not gonna even hear this because you know you're not in the soup How's Metroid Dread? I haven't played it yet. Nintendo Switch Online offers five benefits that level up your gaming experience. With online play, NES and Super NES games, save data cloud backup, the Nintendo Switch Online app, and special offers. Expand it further with the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack membership, which includes even more benefits. Let's check out what's included with Nintendo Switch Online plus Expansion Pack. They said at the last Nintendo Direct that they would be doing Nintendo 64 games, Sega Genesis games, and an Animal Crossing Direct on its own. Okay. Um, But they would talk about pricing at a later date. Okay. And you know Nintendo Switch Online is coming. Play games from the Nintendo okay. 64 system, which gave many players their first gaming experiences in 3D environments. Everybody stay alert! Star Fox 64. With Nintendo Switch, you can now play these games featuring 3D graphics at a higher resolution whenever and wherever you'd like. Suspend points let you save your game whenever you'd like, so you can play for a bit, even when you're short on time. You can also play multiplayer games locally or online with up to four players. Mario Kart 64. Hey, there's uh-huh. Additionally, more games will be added in the future. We hope you look forward to seeing which games will be coming next. Pokemon Snap. Players who have the Animal Crossing New Horizons game can enjoy the paid DLC, Animal Crossing New Horizons Happy Home Paradise, at no additional cost. Expand your horizons and help design vacation homes for clients on all new resort islands. Paid DLC at no additional cost. You can also play Sega Genesis games on Nintendo Switch. Save your game whenever you'd like. 
or even rewind gameplay. Multiplayer games can also be played online. More Sega Genesis games will be added in the future. Nintendo Switch Online is available starting at the pricing options shown here. Nintendo Switch Online plus Expansion Pack adds the three benefits we previously introduced, starting at this pricing plan. Holy fuck! If two or more people will be using this new membership plan, the family membership is the most cost-effective oh, option. Oh, fuck you! Current Nintendo Switch Online members can change over to Nintendo <laughs> Switch Online plus Expansion Pack at any time and receive a yeah, prorated discount based on the Let's number of days remaining in their current membership. Yeah. 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 So, uh. <laughs> okay. Give me a second to play with the sound here. Get it fingered out. Finger it out. Mm. Mm. You want to do what to me? <laughs> Was it still? It's still through there, and we're still through here, and we're still heard. Okay. Um. Uh I don't think anything's been interrupted. I don't think anything's been interrupted either. So, uh, so we just watched the announcement of the pricing plan for the uh, Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack. Rich, how do you feel? <laughs> Guess what? I'm not going to be spending my money on <laughs> thirty whole fucking dollars. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if you went over to Patreon.com/slash/excitement Inc., you know what? We won't charge you thirty fucking dollars for is old episodes. No. Okay. We no. Won't... We'll charge you thirty-seven, like fucking elitist. No, stop. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> You you have to be a Patreon a patron to understand the joke of that. No, it's not thirty seven. Stop, Rich. So like, he had to make the joke. He had to make the joke, guys. If you pay an extra seven bucks, but you have to go over to the Patreon to get that joke. Listen, um, you know what else we won't do is put a paid DLC into the package to pretend like we're not robbing you for these old uh, episodes. It's so bad. The pricing plan. Um, they want to charge us thirty dollars for what is a highly mediocre um, upgrade. Ultimately, so here's the deal: that is not just thirty. That's not thirty dollars like a year. Is it thirty dollars a year? I think it was thirty dollars a year. You're right. It is thirty dollars a year. Yeah. Um, but for the games, it's 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 really not it's not i mean it's not as bad as it could have been it could have been 30 dollars a month yeah which it would, which would been, be much worse which would be way worse but it's still like what do you get with nintendo switch online i i missed that they're trying to treat it like the netflix of games basically of nintendo games where you pay the 20 bucks and they've put on Nintendo Entertainment System and they've put on Super Nintendo Entertainment System games. And those libraries are massive now. In how fact, is it? Wait a second. How is it not a month? How is it not monthly? monthly? Um, it might actually be monthly. I may not have been paying attention. No, 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 no. I'm going to rewind this a little bit. So it's like, yeah, 12 months for 20. So it's actually. Okay. So it's 12 months for 20. For twenty dollars, so twelve months for thirty days. So I was wrong, and I said months. Um, it's 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 not an extra thirty dollars a month. Um, it's an extra thirty dollars a year for okay. Nintendo sixty four games and Genesis games. And then maybe if you're there 
for it, Animal Crossing. I'm still, it's almost the price of, it's almost the price of PlayStation Network Online and Xbox Live. Which are very outstanding services that now give you free games. But the issue is is that they don't have dedicated servers at Nintendo. Which means highly competitive games like Super Smash Bros. Which they prefer for you to play inside with other people next to you anyway. Uh, they're laggy. I try to play Mario Kart online sometimes. And I will, I will you know, get a super strategy. Wait until the very last second. And then I will shoot a, a turtle shell at them. A homing red turtle shell in Mario Kart 8 Online. And the shell homes in on them and sits right at the back of the cart and doesn't collide with them because they're someplace else in their game and the connection has not connected right because they're playing on Wi-Fi and I'm hardwired. Uh, So despite the fact that they are behind but they're ahead of me in my game, it's laggy as hell. It is not good. PlayStation, um, sorry, Nintendo games are the only games that you will play online that will cause the games to completely freeze. Okay. Imagine playing like a fighting game and the, the the match just stops while you're trying to fight, and then you get a little loading indicator, and then it resumes and you're blasted off the map. Yeah, that's cool. yeah, which I guess makes more sense as to why it's twenty bucks for a year instead of per month because that would be horseshit. Now we're looking at twelve months. At thirty or at a thirty dollar edition for a handful of Nintendo sixty four games and a handful of Sega Genesis games, and an expansion to Animal Crossing, which I don't even have the. Here's the deal. First part of Animal Crossing. This is this is um this is shady because of the Animal Crossing DLC, in my opinion. Because if you need to add. DLC to an online plan if you need to add something that people would buy on their own in the first place to get people to sign up for additional services I think that means that even you know it's not the best deal yeah correct me if I'm wrong no no I I don't think it's a great deal I don't I'm not getting it but that's yeah. I don't play nearly enough. Plus, I like my hard copies, which makes sense. And that's kind of like that's a big thing. The BFFFFF Joe actually bought a 2DS online as soon as one was available, and right. he bought all of his games physical yep. because it's outdated, and we are not going to have those anymore. So he's been buying a lot of the 2DS games that you can't get. Um, physical. So, right. for, and for me, you talk about that. I went straight to my Wii U and just bought copies from the virtual console because I don't want to pay an extra 30 bucks a year for this service to access these games. Generally, they're good at putting on at least two games a month. Right. For the system at, you know, that they're talking about. But... Thirty dollars is 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 a very bulky charge. Ten dollars I could see all a cart yeah. for for each one, but I don't know. I was I was wrong at the beginning when I said thirty a month. I don't know why I thought thirty a month, but then again, I haven't played any games online because the service itself is kind of horseshit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. 
Well, that price jump for the family is what I was like, really? Yeah. That's what we're going to fucking do? Yeah. Because now there are these parents out there that have multiple kids and multiple kids that don't necessarily know how to share. And parents eventually get to a point where they're just like, oh, my God, it is worth the $300 for you to shut the fuck up. (laughs) That's very true. There have there are plenty of parents out there that are just like multi switch households. Yeah. Because of these issues with, you know, kids sharing and whatever. And, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, also having to share the TV or whatever. So. They have to then spend eighty dollars a year Mm -hmm. as opposed to the 50. Yes. And it's like the nuts the same for Nintendo. Yes. They're just kind of extorting the multi-switch households. Yes. And that seems kind of shitty. Especially it's... especially when they're making their nut from the multiple switch sales in one household. Yeah. And it's, it's really like, you know, one influencer that I know that, you know, um, suspiciously enough has... <laughs> friends at Nintendo was was saying you know was saying that if if you split it up because a family you can share with up to eight people Mm -hmm. and at that rate it's like a dollar it's less than a dollar a month when you do the math for the family plan if you can get eight people to go in on it right but that means you have to get eight people to go in on it right and then there's they call it family plan do you think these kids are pitching in maybe they get allowance then maybe but a lot of people have kids. Those kids don't have jobs. So, right. no, the parents are still paying 80 bucks a year for well, these no. old vintage games. Right. And let's face it, that family bundle is family bundle, but it's meant to fuck the people like us. Yes. That's the design behind it, but ultimately it's also fucking these families. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, eh, Nintendo, come on. You, you already made your nut on fucking Pokemon. It's so And then true. the multiple Switch sales and... You know, multiple child households, you're making your nut there, too. Yeah. Do you really need a family bundle to make even more of a nut? It's just... It's, you know, did they did they announce, you know, Sora DLC and, and say it's going to be, like, twice as much as, as the previous service? Um, did they? No. Oh, okay. Is the previous uh-huh. DLC, I mean to say? Yeah. No. That's but it's it's very much the same. Now they're calling it 30. They're calling it 30. So the the service the service before the expansion pack, quotation marks here, um, is 20 on its own. They're adding two vintage game collections, which technically, if you do the math, makes sense. Ten bucks apart, and then you've got another ten bucks for the Animal Crossing DLC, which they're which they're adding on and they're calling it that. But Again, there are people who won't want the Nintendo 64 or Sega Genesis, and they will just want the Animal Crossing. There are people that will just want the Nintendo 64 and the Sega Genesis, not the Animal Crossing. There are people, you know, that makes it really fucked up to go in both ways, which, again, it's not – they wanted to get the extra 10 bucks out of everyone, ultimately, and that's kind of the greedy part. Do I think it's technically – that bad of a price now that I am realizing that it's 50 a year and not 50 a month. Yes. I'm like, I was being uneducated when I went in on that and I, I shouldn't have been, but I've been stressed as hell lately. 
Um, and well, shit. Now, if you're on board, I'm getting it. Oh, it's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go have these. It's twenty five bucks between the two of us. We're all set. But no, 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 no. I mean, I. That's the thing. I went and I bought the games on my Wii U. Which, by the way, folks, in Japan at least, they are shutting down the Wii U Virtual Console Shop. So if you want any DS games that are on your Wii U, if you still have one, now is the time because they might shut that shop down, and then you're gonna need a three D. You're gonna need a three DS physical copy, which might cost you anywhere of you know like. Between 40 and 80 to 200 bucks a copy for a game. I was looking at physicals of Twilight Princess Wii U. Can't find one at 60. Only 80 to 200 to 400, depending on whether or not you're looking for that Twilight Wolf Link amiibo. So I went on and I bought my games digitally for my Wii U very quickly because that shop is shutting down and I didn't want to lose access to those games and... DS games are probably not coming to the Switch online because you need two screens to fucking play them. And one of them has to be a touch. One of them has to be a touch. Exactly. So that being said, we're talking about like the service as itself. I still think it is. I think it's 10 bucks too expensive. Ultimately, I cannot for the life of me figure out why Nintendo is not offering these these games or services a la carte. I think that the... And I think there's only one reason for it, to not offer it a la carte. They want more money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think that it's also kind of to expand the... They're trying to justify the price point. Yes. Basically, they're like, you're getting, you're not just getting this, you're also getting this, you're also getting this, and that's why it's so much. Yeah, you're right. It's Yeah, I'm making the same point you are. Never yeah. mind. What the fuck am I doing? Anyway, it's okay. Um, I think that the family plan is like fifteen bucks too much. Yes. Okay, I can understand going. You know, multiple, multiple should be more. You know, your family plan should be more, but that's a whole. That's double the price. Yeah. It's like a whole thirty bucks more because like. What forty nine ninety nine and then seventy nine ninety nine? Yeah, it's thirty dollars more. It should be like fifteen dollars more. I don't know. I don't know either. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't know. I feel now that I'm remembering that they only charge a yearly price instead of a monthly price. I'm calming down a lot about it because clearly, if it was fifty a month, that would be actual robbery. That yeah. would be legitimate, actual fucking robbery. But. It, it's still out of hand for for them to include the Animal Crossing DLC, and that's the biggest that's the biggest red flag to me, is that they're like, this is you know its own service that you get, and we include vintage games in it. Also, we're gonna include something you would have already bought because we really want this to be a value to you. But if it can't be a value standing on its own without including a, you know, DLC for a game that people are absolutely going to want, then it's clear that even they know they're asking too much money for it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's how I feel about that. I I can support that. Not much more to say about it other than I feel just a little foolish for saying probably a couple times that it's 50 a month. And I should have known that. Anyways, I'm frazzled. Uh, what games have you played in the last two weeks? Since, um, or, well, one week since we did. 
Yeah, I haven't had a lot of time for gaming. I think I worked 67 hours this week. Okay. So I've had a busy week. I have not really had a chance to play much. The only things I've been playing really consistently is uh, Skyward Sword, Mm -hmm. Magic the Gathering Arena, Mm -hmm. Disney Emoji Blitz. Blitz. Yeah. And, um, fucking fly. Fuck you, fly. And, um, oh shit, what's the name of that game? The other one. You, it's not. a cross puzzle. Oh. What, what is it okay. called? Yeah, Picture Cross. Gotcha. Where it gives you numbers on the side and you have to fill in the grid points based on the numbers on the side and it forms a picture. Fair enough. Okay. Logic games. I haven't I haven't played a ton of games either, but there is still like the gaming news to talk about. Um, I you know I mentioned it earlier, and we can talk about it before I talk about the one game that I've basically like centrally played in the last week. But uh, Sora's in Smash. Yes, that is one hell of a big deal. That is. You know, if you ask me, Daniel, what is the one character that is like the most popular that there's no way will end up in Smash? Yeah, I would have told you. There's Smelts. Sora will never be in Smash. So that kind of made more sense as to why the uh, Sakamoto, Sakaroto, Saka... Sakajuia? Not quite. um, The creator of... Beneath your car? Sakurai, Sakurai, Sakurai. There we go. Um, (laughs) That's Sakurai Presents. Um, That is uh, why... Thank you, Sakurai, by the way, for working so hard. You know this. Uh, Apologies, but um, it's his fault for saying Saka over and over and over. No, it's my fault. Um, anyway, I you know it's frazzled. Yeah. The biggest deal here is that he um, he said during the presents he was like <laughs> he was like we don't have a gigantic budget, but we always do our best. To get you what you want. And people joke about that one shot I sent you of the Mickey logo on the keychain. Yeah. And that was the most expensive shot. That's where all of their money went was to the one Mickey emblem being on his keychain, which I think is kind of hilarious. But that being said, um, minor spoilers for like a four-year-old game at this point. Uh, Sora gets separated from the group at at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3. He gets everyone together, but unfortunately he um, has to go away somewhere. He gets lost in the process of trying to um, get all of his friends back together. And now we know where he fucking went. He went to Smash! (laughs) (laughs) And that's the running joke. uh, I didn't think he'd be in there because... Of how much money it probably costed for the, you know, minimal amount of licensing. I always knew this is something I was telling my friends, telling the people in the conversations that I don't think Sora would never happen. What I can tell you will never happen is Donald and Goofy being with him in any any aspect because they are not in his final smash. They are not showing up as assist trophies. They are not in the background as characters. What about the square ones? Are they there? The square ones? Oh, um, they are there as playable characters because of Cloud and Sephiroth, which they, you know, allude to and joke about a little bit um, in the uh, um, in the video, the announcement trailer. But that's it. Okay. So um, they actually no 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 um, the square characters from other games are only the ones that are as playable characters, but the characters from the games, the Kingdom Hearts games themselves, Aqua, Terra, Ventus, uh, um, Sora, Kyrie, Riku, all yep. of them, they are there, actually. Okay. Because the map changes between Hollow Bastion, 
Yeah. Which they're floating around the map, Hollow Bastion. But then they will also change to the stained glass maps and show in the background the characters on their stained glass murals. Ah. That's how they got the other That's how they get them in there. Yes, but they are not assist trophies. Right. You know, in any way. They aren't alternate skins. But the skins are damn cool for Sora. They have every they have his outfit from every game, and then each of his forms in Kingdom Hearts two, the Valor form, the Wisdom form, etc. Mm-hmm. They have the Timeless River black and white from Kingdom Hearts two. Nice. So it's pretty. You know, they put a lot of uh, effort into it, um, putting him in there. Sakurai is a game developer has gone through some shit though. Oh, I'm he, sure. He works nonstop. He develops these games so finely and attunedly that when he's doing a demo, he's he says, let me show you. And he's got two Nintendo Switch Pro controllers in front of him. And he makes the characters fight each other. He, ca- he can play Smash with one hand. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Nice. Yes, basically. So, that being said, uh, thank you, Sakurai. Yeah, That's what you. everyone did. Thank you. They took to Twitter and they said, thank you, Sakurai. He's said in an interview before, at least this is what BFFF Joe said, that uh, he's had to get IVs at the desk. He works so hard on these games. Maybe take a vacation. Just just step back a little bit. Take a vacation. Just, just, just relax. Yeah, you know, maybe read a book. I think the issue is, is that Nintendo owns the IP and every time they go, oh, we want to make another Smash, Sakurai take it or leave it. Yeah. <laughs> and then what does the creator of the fucking series do? Yeah. Because he's been there since Nintendo 64 Smash. Nice. And that's kind of the big deal. So. That would be the first time I played Smash. Yes. Um, that would be the only times I played Smash was on other people's systems when they would load up Smash Bros. Because I could never find it. I was always so late to the party that it would always be just gone from the shelf. Really? By the time I found out about it. Yep. Damn. That's annoying. Yep. So then I'd have to go to the secondary market, and most of the time, if you go to the secondary market and it's a super popular game that a lot of people love, either one, there's no copies available, or two, the copies that are available are even more expensive than they were at a release. Define secondary market. GameStop used. Okay. The flea market. Flea market. Swap bait. (laughs) Yeah, no. The mom and pop shop. Yep. Own own game shop around the corner. Yikes! I didn't yeah. e- I didn't know they'd mark them up above that price. It's At least not on, on GameStop. Demand. Well, I know people will do it. Like clearly, you can do it on the internet now with eBay, Amazon, whatever people want to you know buy a PS Five. You know, mm-hmm. basically scalp. I didn't know people scalped games even back in the day. Oh yeah. Shit! Fuck that. Yep. There was one fight someone in the street over there was a scalped like, game. There was like a few kids. That would rent them mm-hmm. from the video store. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're that old kids. They would rent them from the visi- from the store and be yeah. like, "Oh, I lost it. Uh, I lost it. It's gone." I'm sorry, I will pay you the extra twenty bucks because it's two hundred around the corner. And then their parents had to. Well, no, their parents would have to be like. Well, all right, he lost the game. I guess if I want to rent, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer on DVD again, I'm going to have to pay the replacement fee. Yes. And so they'd pay the... They'd that pay is the an oddly fee. specific example. I had a few friends do shit like that. Duly noted. Yeah. <laughs> That's Not funny. necessarily with Smash Bros, but with other games. Got it. You know, there would be super popular games that it would be like, 
you couldn't find it. You couldn't find it anywhere. And then when when you went to like the Blockbuster or whatever, and you were like, "Oh shit, it's here." Rent it. Yeah. And then be like, oh, "Sorry, mom, I lost it." Yeah. And then mom would be like, "Okay, well now I'm indebted to Blockbuster, so mm-hmm. if I don't want it on my cor- collections report, yep, I'm gonna have to pay the replacement fee." Makes sense. And then mom, and that kid would never rent a game again because mom was so fucking pissed. It Naturally, was, you know, but. Naturally. But then you can't play more games. Yeah. That's annoying. But they were like, you know what? What do I care? I just, now I own Goldeneye. See, that's the funny thing. The new the new difference for like, you know, a decade later when I was doing this was at Blockbuster, they had a blue carpet pass, which was unlimited rentals per month. Right. So you could go in and like rent a game for as long as you wanted, bring it back, say, here you go, and then trade it out for another one. Right. So that's how I got through a lot of library on the GameCube. A lot of the library on GameCube, I was able to do that because we had the rental pass. That's how I played Resident Evil 4 for the first time. Because that game took me a minute the first time I played it, Mm -hmm. naturally. And then it took me three hours the second time because I blasted through it. New game plus, new game plus, plus, new game plus, plus, plus. When you put Ashley in a suit of armor and you're uh, wearing a mafia outfit and using a Tommy gun. Nice. Yes. Well, Daniel, you're Mm -hmm. welcome. Because it's my fucking generation that had to pay so many damn replacement <laughs> fees that Blockbuster said it's there's got to be another way. I got it. Game Pass. Yes. Yes. You benefited. It's true. <laughs> from no, the saying. shittiness of my generation. That's, I'm so, well, you know what? Listen. Listen. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you all who previously didn't return your games. Now that's well, a membership. And I actually, don't thank me. Thank the assholes that I went to school with that would pull shit like that. There we go. How dare they? Well, you know. We do what we have to. You know what came out on on October eighth? What came out on October? Metroid Five, aka Metroid Dread. I still haven't played Metroid Prime. That's okay. I mean, I <laughs> I, right. I haven't really either. Um, so I beat Metroid, the first original Metroid. Yeah. That blew everybody's fucking mind when you beat the game and she took off her helmet and you discovered she was a girl the whole time. She's a girl? Time. What the hell? I want my money back. Oh my god. I'm not a girl. girl. I'm not a girl. I'm not a girl. I've uh, been playing as a girl this whole time. Well, like, now I feel much more comfortable about staring at that ass. Mm. Whoa. Shapely. Sam has been shapely. So, no, Metroid Dread is, is out now. But really, what's truly the relevant question, you say you haven't played Metroid Prime, and that's okay because Metroid Prime to Metroid Dread, I mean, and let me preface with this, I suppose, how much Metroid have you actually played? The first one on original Nintendo. Okay, all of it. So how aware are you of the lore of Metroid? Barely. Barely. Okay. It doesn't matter that you haven't played Metroid Prime in the slightest. Why? Because the timeline. You played the first Metroid. Mm -hmm. Guess what game you can move on to next. Hmm. Any of them? No. If you were going in order. What would be your first guess going from your Metroid on NES? What's your next stop? Uh, Story-wise. The games are um, the ones that were released. The next one on NES was Metroid 2, and then there was Super Metroid, and um, and then there's a Metroid Zero Mission, there's Metroid Fusion, there's Metroid, all these. What is your guess for the next game you go to? Metroid 2. Wrong. Okay. Metroid Prime okay. is the next game, because Metroid Prime Trilogy takes place in between the first Metroid and Metroid 2. Oh. Uh, Super Metroid is technically Metroid 3. 
Okay. But it is still after Metroid Prime. Okay. So does that make more sense now why it might be called Metroid Prime? Yes. As it is the prime to the original Metroid. Yes. It's weird, but that is the way it works on the timeline and, the tr- uh, you know, et cetera. So that being said, Metroid Dread, despite being, you would think, you know, just if you had to assume that, you know, the side scrollers and then moving to a first person, the first person is going to be the later games in the trilogy. That is completely incorrect. Okay. It's weird. Metroid 5 is, Metroid Dread got announced like 15 years ago, 12 years ago. They were like, we're working on a new one. It's called Metroid Dread, and it didn't come out until the Switch. That is why they called it Metroid 5 in the announcement trilogy. All right. And so that people knew exactly what it is. It is the sequel to Metroid Fusion. Okay. Which was the fourth iteration of the series. Did you play Metroid Fusion? Nope. That's technically the only relevant game to the ones you really need to play, like as far as like working their way up to the most recent iteration, which is Metroid Dread. Okay. Let's talk about the game itself. Um, it is very modern, at least in design for two reasons. One, it looks good. Plays on Switch, and the last iteration was on um, the last iteration of Metroid, at least the side scroller. Well, no, I'm trying to think here. What was last? The last iteration was Other M, which was another in between. Cool. I think it was in between either Super Metroid and Fusion, or Fusion in this one potentially. Um, but it's not considered a main entry, Other M. Actually, no, 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 no. It is between Super Metroid and um, Metroid Fusion. So other end, they just don't make these games in order is what I'm trying to fucking tell you. (laughs) (laughs) They do not make these games in order, and that's the issue. Um, They are working on Metro Prime 4, whatever that's going to end up being, but who knows where that ends up in the timeline and story of everything. Well, in fairness, Nintendo's never made a linear storyline in their games. You're not wrong. I mean, Nintendo. Legend of Zelda bounces all over the fucking it, timeline. Yeah, you're right. That's just something that Nintendo is. Yeah, now that yeah. you say it out loud, they're just bad at is doing the you know games. And, they don't make. And, they they don't need to do linear. Order. They just have to make them fun. We're on board. Yeah, and then whoever's there to you know type in a story, they're just deciding where it is on the timeline. That being said, Metroid Dread is they say meant to be the last in the Metroid series at all period. So next time you see a game, it will be Metroid something that is not. Just Metroid with its title. So Metroid Fusion um, was on Game Boy Advance, and that was how many handhelds ago? DS was right after Game Boy Advance. Technically Game Boy Advance SP, but SP was only a moderation of that one. 3DS I would consider very separate of DS Yeah, on its own generation because of the hardware and how much better the games got. So this was like three iterations away in terms of consoles, did they make Metroid Dread? So, yes, it's going to look very good. Yeah. And it's very modern for that reason. One thing that some people might consider it being a more modern take mm-hmm. is the difficulty. And they call it Dread for a reason. Fusion was pretty good at this because Fusion was very good at building very creepy, scary suspense in the way you were trying to run away from a clone of yourself that was creepy as hell. Right. <laughs> um. Metroid Dread, they do the same thing because some basically unstoppable robots disappeared after being sent on a mission. Now they've been taken over when you get to this planet, which you go to, to, um, you arrive there, um, minor spoilers for the story, you arrive there to the planet, 
um, as you know, Samus, because there is a mutagenic um, um, organism that can assimilate the galaxy. That's what a Metroid is. Um, right. So there was a new parasite introduced called the X parasite in Metroid Fusion. Almost killed Samus. So she had to fuse with the X um, thing and with Metroid DNA to basically save herself. So in Metroid Dread, she's called to a planet because there's footage of an X-Parasite. She gets there and uh, is attacked by spoiler redacted. And the Mm -hmm. computer that has helped her through Fusion, at least, maybe Super Metroid, uh, uh, tells her, Honestly, that ex-parasite footage might have been faked just to get you here. Uh-oh. It's a trap. <gasps> it's a trap. It's a trap. You're stuck here with these unstoppable robots. Um, they have special sections where if they catch you, you have two very short timing responses to stop them from killing you. All right. Into a game over screen. Bosses I've played are a little punishing. <laughs> I bet. You have to be on your A game for this one. And that's the thing I've talked to BFFFF Cho about. I was texting him this morning as I was trying to fight one of the bosses. And I'm like, holy shit, this is hard. And he's like, yeah, but as a gigantic Metroid fan, and by the way, the only reason I know any fucking thing about this is because of Joe, <laughs> right. um, whose birthday is on October 8th. Yes. Imagine that birthday present from, you know, like 13, nice. seven, 13 years later, he gets a fucking Metroid game. Um, Metroid is one of his fav- most favorite series. And the only reason I knew about this, you know, lore was because of him. So I'm fighting this this boss who's um, a, a new iteration of an old boss. And what he told me is I've literally played four of these games and I'm actually happy because this boss is actually kicking my ass. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, it's been easy to destroy this guy for a minute. Okay. A space pirate guy because those are the bad guys in the right. games. Still, I don't know a lot about this story, but all I've heard is good things about it as I go through it. Um, it, These games are, of course, the style of it is called Metroidvania Mm -hmm. because these are the games that inspired the map and the, um, what is it, the forward and backwards progression where you need to go back to something before you go forward to get it. Oh, the uh, translinear? Something like that. Yeah, there's yeah. a there's a terminology for it that I don't have right now. I'm not a professional. Um, I do my <laughs> best sometimes. Words escape me on the regular. Yeah. Um, but there is the backwards progression where you have to go backwards too. With a power-up you got on the front side, and then when you're going backwards, you're like, oh shit, I can get through that door now because I have the right power beam to get through it. Yeah. Metroid inspired this kind of gameplay. So that being said, this is pretty linear. I catch myself oftentimes going... Shit, am I missing something? Do I need to go back? And then I might go back for a second. And I'm like, oh, there was nothing there, and I should have pressed forward. It's one of the biggest things about this game is that it is a little, it is definitely harder than a lot of the other Metroid games. They do this purposely. Why? Because thanks to games like Dark Souls um, becoming popular and and influencing other games to become difficult again in the way that they used to be, they say, you know, that's what people think a lot of this influence is, is that the game is hard because it can be. And it instills a sense of dread. Yes. Because you're going in with things that will kill you in one hit. If they activate the cutscene, you better get some fucking timing right or you're dead. Awesome. Yeah. I thought about what that's called now. 
Mm. It's called a non-Mario Nintendo game. <laughs> a non-Mario Nintendo game. Because that happens back, with Zelda too. You're right. I'm thinking back. It happened with Castlevania. Mm-hmm. It happened with Metroid. It happened with Zelda. It happened with, um. oh shit, what was the other one? Was it Kid Icarus? Might be Kid Icarus. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but that was typical of a Nintendo game. Yeah. Was that you got something, you progressed to a point, and then you had to backtrack to something else. It's true. Once you got the power to go through there, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, look, I can finally afford bombs. <laughs> Let me go through here. <laughs> oh, shit, I finally got a bow. Now I can kill that fucking thing with an arrow and go through. True, you're right. It's just, yeah. Final no, Fantasy. It happened with Final Fantasy on Nintendo. Yes. yes. Yeah, there was so much. I mean, if fuck, it was on to Nintendo, beat the game, you had to go back to the original dungeon that you beat and go through. It was, that makes more sense now. Yeah. Yes, Metroidvania gameplay inspired. But Metroid and Castlevania are the first games that it, first places it happened. Right. Those are the big ones. That's what he's trying to say. Those were the big ones that did it. Yes. So um, I'm trying to think of like anything else that I played and I just can't because I just didn't have a lot of time this week. So, yeah, but I'm trying to get through Metroid. Nice. I may pick it up. One of these days, maybe I'll get to play Deathloop and Sekiro and Persona 5 Strikers and well, at least play and beat them. But Metroid, Metroid Dread has all my attention right now because it's, I do like the atmosphere of the game. I'm probably about halfway through it right now after the boss I just beat, um, getting all the power ups going through, it's getting, you know, harder as I go along. Um, and it is going to get more harder, even frustratingly, but the BFF of Joe says that it's easily one of the better ones just because of the fact that modern games can do better than older games in the way that they're executed, play out better, better writers do better story. Yeah. Because they can be told better because of the technology we have. So Metroid Dread, good game. Buy it. Have fun. Yeah. Especially if you're a Metroid fan. But if you're a Metroid fan, we don't need to tell you. You've already fucking bought it. Yes. You've already bought it. However, if you're on the fence and you always kind of like Metroid, go ahead and pick it up. Yeah. (laughs) So with your dollars. I don't think we have anything less left for this episode. I don't think so. No, I covered pretty much everything I watched, played, fun shit. Yep. Yep. You? Yeah. No. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, uh, thank you guys for joining us for Excitement Inc. I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. Nintendo Online expansion pack is fifty a year, not fifty a month. I feel like a dipshit. Yeah, me too. Fuck. That's all right.